Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Are you listening to this show hoping to get some golden nuggets to help you on your way to recovery? Well, great. I hope that you find them because that is exactly what this show is for. But if you really want to take your recovery all the way, completely commit and get on track with your goals, whether they be finally feeling overall healthy, finally getting pregnant, or finally getting back to training, you'll want to join us inside of the HA Society. Not only is this the perfect community to ask questions and get your support and the accountability that you so often need during these uphill battles with body image and understanding nutrition and incorporating exercise, but it's also a hub of exclusive resources for HAs. All of the HA podcast episodes are released in advance and completely ad-free, so you can listen on the go to the raw, unedited versions, uninterrupted. All of the one-on-one coaching calls, of which we have two a week in different time zones, are uploaded to our private podcast feed so that you can listen to events with practitioners and the past community calls as though they were bonus podcast episodes, because I know how much you love to listen to this kind of stuff. And in these calls, we cover requested topics like overcoming your weight gain fears, communicating with friends and family about RHA, diving into how HA works, and debunking the imposter syndrome that so many of us have around this diagnosis. There's also an entire resources section with lectures, workshops, and training from the past events that are hosted by experts like Sarah Liz King, Laura Lyons, Kaylee McDevitt, Holly Dunn, and many more. As a member, you also get direct access to myself and Coach Ashley in the DMs. So if you have personal questions or need individualized advice about your recovery, we're in there answering your questions in the DMs, as are all of our other members in the group who impress me week after week with how they show up for each other. It's incredible. It's like women are just all becoming mini coaches for each other. It's so good. The HA Society is really the place to be if you're going through recovery, no matter what stage you're at. Whether you have HA or you've got a few recovery periods, we have your back and we're all your new best friends. So come and meet us at thehasociety.com forward slash join. That's thehasociety.com forward slash join and the link is in the show notes for you okay on with the show good morning everybody (laughs) welcome back to the ha podcast i'm here with christina and i almost said welcome back to the ha society because i'm used to talking to christina on ha society group calls i feel like that's why i almost said that um well, we're excited to have her here calling in all the way from the Northland of Canada, where it is snowing and in the background, it looks really chilly. 
Um, she has her own HA story and I like, um, you know, us, we like bringing on a mixture of stories, everyone from a history of eating disorders, I suppose, all the way through to I'm just regular old me. Like, how could this happen? And I think that, um, that was my story. And so I resonate a lot with Christina's because I think we had some similar backgrounds with how we ended up in the situation. Uh, so it's just good to hear all of the mixes and she, she did the work and I got to see her show up and share and be vulnerable. So I know she's going to have a lot of cool, um, good, helpful stuff for you guys. So anyways, welcome to the show, Christina. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, first of all, how are you feeling? Um, today it would be better if it wasn't snowing out. But not too bad on Monday, so oh, early right. morning Monday. You know what you're doing. That's right. Do you guys do Halloween? <laughs> yes, we definitely do Halloween. I don't always do Halloween because it's just my husband and I, and I have two dogs. So Halloween doesn't really work with two dogs and people knocking at my door. Got it. Do you just do the, yes. the candy out the front? and then Yeah, and then you get the kids the that will take the whole bowl, but they're like, <laughs> all this candy's for me. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe it'll snow and it'll be a more quiet year for you guys. Definitely not. So then they just put their (laughs) snowsuits underneath their costumes. (laughs) Yeah. Look, Canada's hardcore. They know what they're doing. They're like, we (laughs) we're from the my mom sewed my mom sewed like fleece inside of my costume for me. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um. And how you feeling? We're back from the retreat. Everyone has been sharing in the retreat group, not everyone, but the, how much better their menstrual cycles were this month after having a break. Yes. Did you have a success? Uh, it was 11 day luteal phase, but like I said, I moved houses in between. So I'm thinking even 11 days, right. I was thinking so 11 days with a pretty much no, like a asymptomatic period was great. Kind of came and went, um, temperatures could have been a little higher, but I think it's just because of moving sucks. The moving really sucks I forgot how yeah. much it does suck. well look at you guys yes but look we're finally kind of settled it. I love that oh okay well okay that's on that <laughs> and the reason I asked you um and made that small talk was because and we're gonna dive into your story but I just remember for you like finicky cycles like my luteal phase is only doing this or haven't ovulated yet was often yes like a point of contention for you huge <laughs> Huge. It's still, I usually, I'm typically still ovulating around between days 17 and 20. So even I guess I ovulated when I came back. So even with traveling, I still ovulated, which I thought was a pretty big win because traveling usually affects me pretty greatly, but this time I didn't. You. Mm-hmm. So would you I'm say finally feeling like a human, human woman to, to like bring a nice little wrap up all the way at the beginning, would you say that just like being consistent and patient through slowly and surely your cycle will be more resilient. A hundred percent. I feel like now that I'm more than a year out that I just am confident that it's going to come as before I used to constantly worry, especially like the first periods are easiest. I totally hundred percent believe that my second period is the one I stressed out even more at because I'd got it one time. I was waiting for it to come the second time. And then it took a long time for the second one to come. So that made me go, into my head and have all those intrusive thoughts again. So I do feel like the first period is the easier one. The second one, the third one are a little bit tougher and more scary. (laughs) 
especially because then you're analyzing oh. everything you do. I went from controlling everything and then I'm controlling my period coming. Like it's just it, <clears throat> a funny transition that way. Yeah. I mean, it's, but you, like you had said a year out, you know, a year out and I have had that same experience too. I feel like after a year, so does Mishi, so is Ashley. After a year, things start getting a bit more like, you're not just going to lose your period next. You know, you're going to see a delay here, you know, something here, but you're not going to like lose it anymore. Just 100%. overnight. <laughs> yeah. That's what I feel like. It just, it's not even in the, it's not in the forefront of my mind as much. So just, I know, I just feel confident that it's coming. I think that confidence comes over that year and having mm-hmm. the consistency, consistency of having them monthly. And it definitely takes time. <laughs> a long For time. Real. Well, let's go, let's go back in time and and hear how that comes to be so tell us your story where do you think it begins whatever background you feel like is necessary I'll be quick because it can it's kind of a long convoluted story my my HA journey I'm pretty sure it started when I was a teenager I've my dad and my whole life I've been I'm pretty sure I've hardwired to end up with disordered eating habits I was always valued to taught I was always taught to value thinness um, you don't eat more food. You don't take seconds, all that sort of stuff. My dad will like you treat you better when you are in a thinner body. If you have gained any weight, he'll point it out and like pulls very doughboy your stomach. So those types of things, I like, was just hardwired to develop it. So I think I had a brief of it when I was a teenager, I was on the pill for like three months. Then I took, stopped taking it. Cause I was like, I'm not in a relationship. I'm not going to take it. Then I didn't have a period for a year at 16 to 17. <clears throat> then it did came, but come back. And then I guess fast forward through like college years, high, all the, those early adulthood years, I did have like restrictive mental hunger stuff that I would kind of restrict. I still had a cycle. They were very unovulatory most of the time. I found that out when I was in my late twenties, when my now husband and I wanted to do fertility treatment, found out I wasn't ovulating. They didn't really do much more investigation in that. And then it kind of just left my brain. I said, screw it. I'm not doing it, whatever. And then early thirties, I had a very traumatic death in my life. And then that's when I really started to control all aspects of my life and realized I didn't like how I looked. So then I found macro counting. And then that was the downhill spiral was macro counting. It made, this is where we are similar. (laughs) Yes. Macro counting it was uh, everything in my life was so out of control after that uh, incident that macro counting I was able to control when I ate how much I ate how much the food weighed not anything so it was just a really easy way for me to escape my life I could control how much I was exercising every little part of my life had some structure and routine so I didn't have to like navigate through my day because I already knew how my day was going to be with the with food movement Mm. everything it was so in that part I think it was a great at the beginning it was such an initial relief that I could just like let all these outside sources control my every part of me that I didn't have to think because those were thinking for me and then yeah it just spiraled from there because the more you can count the less you can can more you can control the calories so the less you can eat and then I was like okay well now the less I'm eating people are noticing that I'm starting to get a little bit leaner 
then it kind of trended from there, continued. And then did you find it quite easy to, did you find it quite easy to just like, these are the numbers I have. So I'm just going to follow the numbers. Oh, hundred percent. Was there some, was it difficult for you at sometimes? Okay. No. Cause I was very much when I started it, I did, I really disliked how I looked. So I went in there from a mindset of like, I want to change my body. I don't like my body. It's pretty much, I don't like my life. I think is where it kind of was coming from. So I didn't like anything about me. And macros was my way to change that. Mm. And yeah, I, I would follow it to a T. I think I just had this goal in my head and I was like, I am going to be so structured and so rigid and I'm going to eat no word of a lie. Same three meals every day for three weeks. It was, <laughs> and I would do that. And I pre-planned like for, so I've covered macros really strict, strict for three, four years. And that's how long I ended up having HA. And, uh, I had like weeks and months of diary meal plans. I created on my work computer. And that just shows how food focused I was. I didn't realize like getting into the real depths of HA, like a year into year or two into maybe a year into macro counting. Cause it took me, I started macro counting in May and then I lost my period in December of that year. So it took a little bit, but that's right. after I lost my period, I think I dove in deeper deeper and then my husband asked me to marry me marry, marry him sorry <laughs> he proposed to me and <laughs> he proposed to me at like my crazy times so that's real love but I remember thinking at that time uh how how am I going to stay this thin like it should have been like the happiest time in my life we had been together for 15 years so I've been wanting this and then for him to propose and me to be like how can I stay so skinny yeah. And then that's when exercise got out of control. So then I went to spin class two times a day, a lot of times. Then I would do a CrossFit class. Mm. So sometimes I was working out two to three times a day. Yeah. Uh, exercise. And I did that too. Yeah. yeah. Like more is better. More is better. Exactly. More is better. And then the leaner I got, the more compliments I got. And it just, I remember going into stores and being like, the women's section. Sometimes I had to shop in the kids section. And then I thought it was a win. I thought I was better than everyone. Everyone. If I can't go and fit that extra, I don't want to say sizes, but those really tiny, tiny sizes, then I wasn't winning that day because I'm better than everybody. If I can't fit into an X size, cause I'm too thin. <laughs> yeah. I think I think that that's a really important thing to share because in the past, some other people have shared that too. And it, it just, um, it really resonates, right? It's like, mm -hmm. cause you know, I know that you connected so good with Meg, right? Meg, and, 100%. Um, love Meg. And, mm -hmm. and she had a really similar experience. And one of the ways that she found the society was like, she had come across a video. I think it was me. She said, that was like, do you think you're better than everyone? <laughs> because you're thin. And she was like, yes, you know, and that like, that actually made her, I feel like no one's ever called, like there are some people who have never been called out on that. Mm -hmm. And so this is important because it's a, it's one of the reasons it's hard to let go because we want to be the best. Exactly. And it's so true. And like, I grew up with more, most of my formidable years and then like mid nineties. So if you look back, like what did you see on like your 17 magazines, your YM magazines it was like Kate Moss. And like, you had to yeah. be this real thin 
per woman to be valued. And then again, with my father is just- doing such great breakdowns on Instagram and reels, right? Like TikTok right now about like why we have body image issues and they're showing us like the, all of, have you been seeing those? No, I haven't, but I'll have to go down, down that okay. rabbit hole. But oh, it okay. is just, no, sorry. Rough. I, I, I totally will though. I'm, TikTok's a great waste of time. Monster. But oh, it I, is. <laughs> yes, I just, we were just valued, taught to value that even like, yeah, it's women in society. We're not made to eat till satiety or anything like, especially like in my family, you go back for seconds or you're hungry two hours later, too bad for you. You shouldn't be hungry. My dad, again, prides himself on eating one meal a day. <laughs> he thinks it's fantastic yeah. to this day. I talked to him a couple days ago and he still will bring up the size of his waist. And it's like, interesting. Yeah. It's always so interesting to me when it comes up from fathers like dads, and this is surprisingly more common than I expected. I really thought there would only be a handful and the rest of us have mom issues, but I'm actually hearing it a lot from dads. Yeah. I had a hard time Just when I had, rec- had recovered, even at my leanest. So I started recovery in 2020, so COVID. I think most people either got HA in COVID or had like recovered, started recovery in COVID. I quasi started recovering in 2020. I dug my heels in and I was like, I ain't changing. I read no period, no wet. And I damn near threw the book across the room. I was like, you're telling me that I'm just going to eat cookies and watch Netflix and wear yoga pants. That's all I have mm-hmm. to do. And I was like, not a chance, not effing happening. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while. I think it started really recovering in gosh, the time with COVID my timeline is so skewed. I want to say it would have been October 21 is when I really, really started. Cause yeah, then I got my period back in June of 22. So that would make sense. <clears throat> so October 21 is when I really started. That's when I found that one trainer. If you've interviewed her. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know that you were working with her. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. I'm, and then eventually her and I are going to be parting ways. I figured I've been coaching and stuff and trying to, like you said, controlling everything I'm done. I want to just be a normal woman and train and walk as much as I want and not have to worry about steps or water intake. Oh, tell me more about this. Tell me more about this. I feel like this is interesting. We haven't had this com- a conversation like this on the show. Okay. Um, you, so you were working with Chanel Collette over a year. Mm-hmm. I'm oh, guess. almost two years. It's been two years. Two okay. Years. Almost yeah. two years. All right, cool. So what was your initial reason for working with a trainer? Uh, so 2020, I found one trainer. Uh, she was great. She helped me eat more. It, her, I think she had body image issues as well. So that didn't help me at that time. I didn't realize it when I was in it, but getting out of it and working with her further, I still hadn't recovered my period. And I was complaining about body image and she was ready to put me into like lower, lower macros. Cause I was still counting. Mm. And then I listened to a podcast with Chanel on it saying that how she works with all women with hormonal dysfunction and that she will calculate their load volume to see if they're lifting too much. Cause I really didn't want to stop training. Like I said, I was not willing to, mm. I was willing to eat more, but I wasn't willing to stop training. So then I left with that one coach went with Chanel because of her um, knowledge in women's hormones. And then I was successful getting my period back with Chanel. I did go on HRT from October of 20. 20- October 
geez, October 21 to May of 22. Cause I was like, I have to be that unicorn. So I went on HRT. I also went on to got my pituitary MRI done to make sure like, I was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did all that rabbit hole. Then I stopped the HRT in May, got my period back June or July. Maybe it was July after HRT, uh, stopping HRT. And that whole time I was with Chanel. But in that meantime, I had to reduce training to three days a week and no lifting to failure. Very basic lifting, nothing too strenuous, nothing that was going to tax me. Yeah. And then I've been with her ever since. We've been able to increase some things and do some other things. Um, she's been great. Yeah. Uh, super great. So sounds knowledge. Like your, your head space was very like, I still have goals and this is still something I value. But mm -hmm. what I'm hearing from like, I want to just be able to like walk when I went yada yada is that those values have changed. That's like what I'm kind of oh, interested okay. is what I'm hearing. Well, no, the, everything you're saying is great too, but I'm so curious about that transition and if there's a reason you, you got to that shift or do you know why you feel that way? What's going on? I just feel like I have more confidence in my body. If I want to move, I don't need to have a mm. step count. I haven't worn my aura ring in two weeks and I'm loving it. Like, I don't okay. want to put it back on. Yeah. I mm. don't want to, I don't want to put it back on. So it's like all these external factors that telling me what to do just like in one of the community calls with, when I was talking, when I was still macro counting and Ashley called me out saying, you're going to let a scale tell you how hungry you are. Like, why am I still letting external factors <laughs> control me? Just because I didn't walk 9,000 steps today doesn't mean I didn't have a good day or it doesn't mean I was, had a successful day. So why am I letting these parameters still, why am yeah, I still? That's so interesting. Yeah. That is, see, like, this is juicy. Yeah. And that's this is a time. huge issue. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I wore it all the time. I mean, like I still have it, took it off when I was moving, couldn't find the charger. And then I had a little rash under it and I was like, Ooh, that's kind of yucky. Let's <laughs> take <laughs> So, and I haven't put it back on. <laughs> yeah. Because we, we go from, we go from already being that way mm -hmm. to implementing this. Like, I think for me, I started with probably just regular calories, bringing in more restrictions. Oh, now I've got a Fitbit. Now I can track my steps. And like, before you know it, you don't even realize you are putting all of these uh, parameters and rules in place. And yes, they're, they're helping you decide if you're happy or not versus you just checking in and seeing if you're happy or not. Very 100%. strange. And then they're hard yes. to let go of. And, and then yeah. you have to wean off it and you have to be ready and in a headspace for it and people have a hard time mm -hmm. I think it was helpful having it die while I was moving and then not being able to find the charger because then I was just like yeah, it was out of my control yeah so mm -hmm. and it's been I don't think I'm going to put it back on I thought about it this morning because I found a charger and I know where my ring is and now it's sitting on the charger on my ring not plugged in <laughs> but I was like I don't you were a very expensive piece of technology that I don't think I really use anymore so yeah I just I mean interesting hmm. <laughs> I feel I feel side note like I it's not an official thing I've brought in but I think it might be official so I'm I'm not going to do those things I'm not going to get a sleep number mattress I'm not going to get an aura ring I'm not going to wear a Fitbit I'm not going to use an Apple watch and do those things I'm choosing 
to decide for myself how I feel about those things. And that Mm -hmm. just feels like a cause of anxiety for me. And it's another thing to take my, to like pay attention to. Exactly. And it's like, it takes us out of our body. We're no longer present and checking in with ourselves. We're letting an app and something, I don't know what the word is, not extreme, you know what I'm talking about, (laughs) outside ourselves. Yeah. Like it's, it, yeah, it, I mean, it's fascinating. It really is interesting. And I, I'm glad that we paused here for a second because a lot of us won't let go of it. No. And like, if you're emailing us and saying, Hey, you know, I'm trying to recover, yada, yada. And I do 10 K steps a day. Yada. The fact that you know how many steps a day you're doing is already a red flag, let alone the fact that they're 10 K steps. Yeah. It, it's so true. I mean, hundred percent if you know the exact hours of REM sleep you had like come on like (laughs) I just don't need to know anymore and then like reading it in the morning saying my readiness score was what and then I started getting focused on my heart rate because throughout HA like my heart rate was so low so so low so even now I had to start stop wearing because I was wearing like a Garmin watch I was wearing my aura ring I just stopped my Garmin watch several months ago and the, the Garmin was telling me my heart rate was still going to the low 50s so i have these mini panic attacks like panic not attacks but panics that oh i'm not recovered my pulse is still going low so i had to take that away and same thing now the aura ring like i just I get you get fixated and you want to have a per- i wanted to have a perfect recovery as i as i wanted to have like a perfect exercise food routine it's just i transitioned it from one thing to another to another so now i'm just ready yeah. to it's taken me like several years but finally ready to just live through movings also helped because we didn't have a kitchen or anything so we had to eat takeout and I ate McDonald's (laughs) not my first choice for food but I ate it and I didn't freak out so I'm feeling like those are little wins because I mean like really McDonald's isn't great but with food I would never have touched or I would have touched my husband's like just give me a little nug or something but (laughs) I wouldn't have got my own meal or just like would have stewed about it, you know, for oh. a long time. And the next day, not eating anything in the yeah. morning. And like, yeah, all the things that come with. Or I would have behaviors. known that I had to do my spin class and wear my, and that's another thing. I'd wear a my zone heart rate monitor while I was spinning. And I remember one time going on the spin bike and I used to have one quote unquote cheat meal a week when I first started macro counting and all that stuff. But I had to reach a certain number on my my zone in order to have that meal. Yeah. Now like I can eat McDonald's. Oh, I don't even know what a my zone is. Oh, but it's I, another I track. I... <laughs> so it goes with like a heart rate monitor. So it's a strap <gasps> around your you wear a strap around your what? chest. Yeah. Oh girl, I I did it all. I, like I said, I controlled. Yeah. So. You're like, I'm going to exact my way into this body that I want. And yes. then, so, but, but what's also a great, great piece, like learning from that too, is like, now you have all this data mm-hmm. and you are able to see how, um, they don't equate to health, right? Like no. all those trackers and, you know, now we all see advertising at, through a different lens. And so we can see advertising and they're like, it's really just weight loss, right? It's really just like, hey, exercise 
and diet and sleep and and you'll be your best most productive self it's this one maybe not just just weight loss but it's this one like high achieving high productivity message Mm -hmm. and there's no message about rest in that advertising and there's no message about well menstrual health you know for one and so and then there's the aura ring that's like we'll track your cycle but you're like Yeah. yeah but I, like, how are you going to help me with this? Like, I don't know how the O-ring works. If all your attempts are, ba- are like really low, does it go, you shouldn't run today. Like, does it do that? Um, it actually is just pretty technologically cool. advanced. It does like, it will track your temp. So it'll tell you when you start getting in your, um, your luteal phase, it'll be like, oh, your temperature's up. And it'll be like, maybe you should take it easy today. It will tell you those things. And then if, if your temp's mm-hmm. been up a few days, it'll be like, okay, this is normal in this phase of your cycle, but still maybe take it easy today because it'll kind of match, like take your, oh, your take heart rate. it easy, like in case it's a fever or what? Yeah. Cause it kind of takes into account your heart rate, your temperature, uh, maybe how much steps you did okay. the day before it calculates your HRV overnight. So all those things, and then they'll be like, Ooh, your readiness scores could be so take it easy yeah. today. Yeah. But I guess like what, I guess what, which is cool. And, and you know, what you're saying is like, but I'm ready to decide my own readiness school. Like I'm too. ready for that. Yeah. I'm done. I don't want yeah. to, don't want to do it. Anymore. Okay. Welcome to <laughs> like, cause, cause when this happens, I say welcome to like your own life. Cause I feel mm-hmm. like when this happens and we start to remove um, these parameters and these things that are telling us how we feel and what we need to achieve you that's when you have space to be like what am I into mm-hmm. yes what do I feel exactly like yeah mm. so true and it just feels good to just not have something else tell me what I need to do when I don't want to yeah. if I don't feel like going for a walk I'm not gonna do it <laughs> yeah so, I love that yeah. okay all right so then I sidetracked you so let us come back Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy, this is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well. And how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system And how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA, and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start 
with your actual changes in lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. So you had stopped doing the, um, you're working with your trainer, things have been changing, you stopped wearing the wearables, you and that's exactly where we're at in the story. So mm-hmm. continue. So as I said, like I did train throughout my recovery, which I know a lot of women can't. So I can really appreciate and be grateful for the fact that my body was allowed me to to uh, train and still recover. It's been really great for me. And I do know when some women can't so or have difficulty doing that. So I'm thankful for that. Uh, now, though, I'm definitely being recovered. I the strength I have now as opposed to before is just so different. So recovery changed that a lot and changed my perspective around the training. Now I train with not the desire to hate myself or get to be the leanest as possible. Now I do try to go for strength. And I mean, of course, people all train. There is still aesthetic reasons to training. We can't be oblivious and ignorant to the fact that we still train for the aesthetic reasons of those aren't my main focus anymore, though, as opposed to let me spend three hours a day to be rail thin, rail thin, awful, awful, awful. And I don't know, this might be a side side note, but when I was really lean and training so much, I had some oral issues happen. I don't know if this is common or if you've heard this with any of your people, but I do want to put this out there that I had like what the, the dentist said, like bone coming out into my gums. I don't know if that's normal, but I actually had to go to the dentist. Like excessive I, gum recession? Like your gums were no, receding so far? They, they said it was, no, it was weird, Danny. I had like back in hmm. like, when I was really young, I had, I know, so strange. I had uh, wisdom teeth pulled, but they said it was remnants of that. But literally no word of a lie. It was like slivers of bone were starting to come through my gums. Not like off your jaw or teeth. They think it's teeth, bone teeth. Yeah, they think it's teeth. teeth. Bones. But I do know okay. from like learning about HA, you do have like no estrogen. So you have bone loss. So I mean, it doesn't God. shock at all. And like, yeah, so people experience more like gum recession. They experience mm-hmm. more cavities. They, you know, all of these things. So, I mean, that, and, and that's just what we know about. Yeah, right? it's so strange. Like I remember on my honeymoon, I had the two weeks before I had, like, I had to go to the dentist and they actually had to like, it was like a sliver of bone out or teeth or whatever it was out of my, my mouth. And then on my honeymoon, I had it, I had to bring like Orgel with me. And then I got back and the whole world shut down after we got back from honeymoon. So I couldn't go to the dentist because no one was going to the dentist or unless it was like an emergency. And then that piece of bone actually came out and I had a little sliver. What? And I remember taking. Yeah, I wish I had the picture. I probably still have the picture somewhere. I mean, are you sure like they weren't just 
removing themselves after you have having them pulled? Though, I had those pulled when I was in grade eight. I'm 30. I would have been 36. How old are you in grade eight? I was young in grade eight. It's 14. I think, oh, I know the answer. You're 14. I have a nephew. <laughs> he's 14. And he's okay. in eighth grade. So 30, no, not 30 years, 20 years or so. Like, I'm going to show you this photo. I'll put it in like. <laughs> go to the show notes to see this piece of bone yes. i mean also while people are listening while she finds it if you have had this experience and you're i would love to hear I can resonate, please send us a message i'll pass it on to chris or christina where she can share her instagram if you want i'm really hoping i find it i swear i saved it i know <laughs> i sent it to my friends it's i would love to know if i'm not the only one because it sucked <laughs> It really sucked. And then another thing, like my wedding photos are all during HA. So that's hard to see those photos. That's a common one. Yeah. Yeah, you're not alone with that. That's mm-hmm. odd. Yeah, dude. I don't. Think I, I look am. exactly the same in my wedding photos as I do now. Like, because for me, even with HA, I, I was only ever particularly small for a very short period of time. Because so where you and I are different, you were like, oh, I can get my numbers and follow my numbers. Like I love a good plan. You know, like I can do it. Mm-hmm. I hate a good plan. And I couldn't follow my numbers for more than like a week and a half at a time before I would, my my brain jack my body and I would start eating. And so I would have, so like there's, there's two types of people, those who can just do it in almost what appears from the outside, at least is like a stress-free thing. It's actually helping them get keep their life going uh but for me I couldn't so I actually very rarely even lost a whole lot of weight and I still I but but I had HA from the continued deficit that I would put myself in even though mm. I would just pull myself out by the end of the week so these are all normal experiences you know but I as definitely a result was. all my photos are the same <laughs> I never uh, look uh, any different I wish, because that's a hard one. Uh, a memory popped up on my Facebook and I showed my husband and he was like, oh, Lord. <laughs> like, <laughs> whew, like you definitely don't like, he didn't say it in like a negative way, but he just was like, don't do that again. <laughs> I definitely feel like I'm more myself and off my authentic self being in this larger body. I feel happier. I can't find the photo. I, I must have deleted it. Um, Look, find it later. We'll, we'll post it on the story. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely search for the week. The week the episode comes out. Yeah, <laughs> this is the no piece that. of bone. But I definitely, I feel like when I was not um, an appropriate size or body weight, I guess I definitely wasn't the real me. I was reactive to everything, everything. You couldn't say anything to me, and I wouldn't lose my, I'd lose my shit. Like I think I've told you before, my friend, go back to bed. I didn't talk to her for a week. I thought it was the most disrespectful comment I've ever heard in my life. Just from someone telling me, mm-hmm. go back to bed. Mm-hmm. I was like, you are a, you are not my mom. <laughs> right. and now yeah. I mean, well, that's a whole other thing about just like how, it changing how we communicate with others and how we treat others. The amount, yeah. of, the amount of patience and forgiveness we have for others is not there. I had none and none, no patience for anybody. And it was all my way or the, or it. If I wanted to train that day, that's what was going to, you weren't going to get in my way of training. Regardless, my friend could have like been in a car accident, but I'm like, bitch, you ruined my spin class. Like, that's how I would 
that's the route I would go. I'd be annoyed. Couldn't go for suppers with people because I'd have to like analyze the menus before. It's just nice to be free of that now. Like the rest retreat. I didn't even look up that sandwich place. Didn't even care. <laughs> Was it Zooks? Is it Zooks? Look at me. Yes, yeah, Zooks <laughs> in Phoenix. Shout out yeah. to Zooks. Um, <laughs> but that, I mean, no, that's great because I... I think we all probably have anyone who has a history of looking up restaurants or, or like avoiding, you always have a moment of your mm-hmm. inside a restaurant or whatever, where you're like, look at me, yeah. <laughs> look at me go. This is what it's because I would always see people doing that, you know, being not just ordering what they want, not looking up ahead of time, just rocking up and seeing and like kind of envy. Oh, Cause mm-hmm. you always like the grass is always greener and being like, oh, I wish I didn't care like they don't care. You know, all these judgments on them about how little they care about themselves because they're not putting the effort in like I am. You know, it wasn't the right perspective, but I was for sure feeling something about what it must be like to have to not have all of these rules, this enslavement. Um, so yeah, you'll, you'll continue to notice till day you die. <laughs> yeah. And not even that, like uh, my, one of my, my best friend, she doesn't have, um, uh, never went through HA, but she, I think we all, some, we're the same age. So I still think there's some disorder eating in our, my age group, just because of the generation we grew up in and yeah. being a woman in general. And she was telling me how she was at a family function and her sister-in-law ate like two, two pieces of pizza. And she's like, I just admi- admired her for going up and having a second piece of pizza. She's like, cause I didn't have like, I don't want to say the guts, but just didn't have, she wanted another piece, but didn't go up and get it. It's just like, and she does not, never had HA. She's not an over-exerciser or not an under-eater intentionally. So like, even for someone that doesn't have that, it's just those, still those niggling, niggling, mm-hmm. you know, talk about thoughts that just will control us. I don't, I always thought that was kind of interesting too. She didn't want people to Did be like, oh, see? like, go get seconds yeah. because what does that mean yeah. for you if you get seconds? Like, so silly. Yeah. Something I've always been uncomfortable with, like, getting seconds in front of people or having a large amount of food on my plate at, like, a buffet, mm-hmm. you know, um, and also finishing my plate. So, like, we would go out with people for dinner and I would eat all of it to to the nth degree we just did a podcast episode i think it comes out before this one yeah it does uh episode 201 we're talking about like things that we normalize when we're in ha and for me i um not only would i finish my plate there's nothing wrong with finishing your plate right but what there is something a bit weird about is like scraping the plate so like every little bit of like gravy or like leftover potato or whatever is on it is gone. Um, and I used to do that and I hadn't normalized it. I knew it was a bit different, but I thought um, I didn't think it was a disordered behavior or like a starvation behavior, which I think is really more so it's not, it's not disordered, it's starvation. And um, I would do that. And if I was home alone, I mean, I would just get my finger and go <laughs> like, and you know, like other people, yeah. I've never seen other people do that. My husband is like, what are you doing? Um, and it's a starvation behavior that I had 
thought was was just me. I'm just gross like that was what I had believed. When um, I was and oh sorry. I don't even remember where I was going with it. So I want you to speak. <laughs> when I was macro counting, I would make sure I would finish my plate because I had already calculated those macros. Exactly. Yeah. So no, I get that. I I totally can resonate with that one because I would finish my plate. It was already calculated for the day. So I'm going to finish it because I'm also starving still. Like mm-hmm. we're going to finish it. Now I do feel comfortable. It's taken a long time too to feel comfortable leaving food. And I don't know... But yeah, it must come back from that. You just, it's taken a long time too. I left food yesterday and I still kind of felt like. Yeah. But then I was like, I'm not hungry anymore. It's important too. This is why I love talking to people as well who are like a year, a year past um, HA because you're still noticing changes in your psychology around food Mm -hmm. and body up until now. Which I think is also why your your menstrual cycle takes a while too to get fully in line because there's still a little bit of fear, control, obsession, and maybe even restriction, whether you're acting on it or not, the thoughts of it continue. And it's oh. not until you have that significant amount of time out of it where your brain and body have the evidence that you're not going back and you're no longer having as many fear thoughts or any and mm-hmm. then you can start to have your 12, 13, 14 day luteal phase. Then you right. can well, start to have that. The My best is still 12 days. I don't think I can get over that hump. I don't know if it's just historically like free HA. Like I said at the beginning, I don't, I didn't have always have ovulatory cycles. So I think that it might just historically be me. I don't, because I can't seem Maybe. to get past the 12 day. but you're only but you're only now stopping the training with the trainer and going into so watch that change things again because i'm telling that is a big one and i had that happen too excited to see where that all leads because like like i told you the beginning my temps this week though they are not pretty but i think it's the stress like moving fuck yeah yeah i know and that but that's but that and this is so you and this is another opportunity too is like who cares you're moving you know what i mean like yeah that's and that, that's where you're getting to is like i connect what this is this isn't because i'm going backwards this is just because we're moving you know mm-hmm. it's just not a big deal it's probably going to go right back to normal once you settle in and it was just like this blip on a radar mm-hmm. Like that's all things like that ever are. It's like a blip on a radar. That's a good way to put it and a good way to think of it. Cause I do, I, I, I as you know, I would, I think I messaged you so many times in the society. What's happening? <laughs> Help. <laughs> Life is happening. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I messaged you one time. Talk me off the ledge. I'm like, I'm pretty sure those were my exact yeah. words. So <laughs> yeah, everything. I, I do you recall actually? Yeah, it catastrophizes so many things. And- wait, so wait, so what? What? What point have we even gotten to? Like when you got your period? Okay, so where does recovery happen for you? Uh, like period wise. Okay, so I got my period. I'm pretty sure it was July of 21 because I've had a year. Yeah, so July of 21, 23. Yeah. Um, okay. And I don't know exactly what was because I stopped HRT in May took me a bit. It was like, 
I think it was like nine. I don't even remember how many days it was, but on my, cause I did, was temping, but I don't remember how many days it was. It took a while for my, the HRT to, I guess, get out of my system and me to finally ovulate, which was, a, and I had a 12 day luteal phase for my first one. I don't know what I did then or what exactly happened, but my first one came 12 day luteal phase, good length of period. I think it was three, five days, between three and five days or four and five days. Usually my rough is around four to five. Um, it was great. But then my second one took a while, but I was obsessing. I think every day I was kind of like, uh, after the period came, I kept wiping to be like, when is the cervical mucus came? Cause then I would just focus on cervical mucus a lot. I would even like kind of do an internal <laughs> check to be like, where's this mucus coming? When is it going to come? And I just became obsessed with uh, when I was going to ovulate. And that's, I'm not going to lie. That's still a little bit there. I'm still kind of waiting sometimes not as much. Cause I'm definitely confident that it's going to come, but if it gets to like day 15 and I haven't seen any cervical fluid, I do get like, what are you doing? Like what's happening? <laughs> yes. And uh, I recall yeah. that. I recall that a lot of like, we're on day 20 something, you know, hell. Yeah. When I'm and this wish, going through all of the basics. Yes. I think when I messaged you, cause uh, I do work with a, a doctor here and uh, she runs my hormones every few months. So I think I might've messaged you too. And my hormones were like, not where I wanted them to be. So then I kind of fixated on that. And I think then you looked at my training and you were like, well, it doesn't look too bad. And I, are you eating enough? I think it was also my food view. So you're like, you got to eat more if you're going to do this and kind of things like that. But like I said, at the beginning, I do think your first period is the easier one. Consecutive ones are much mentally harder because you did the work to get the first one. So you're like, fuck yeah, look at me go. And then you're like, oh shit, I still got to get another one. <laughs> I still, I have to get another one and I don't have HA anymore. Exactly. You know, in my books. So yes. I don't, I can't justify all of this food, but mm -hmm. also the other one's not coming. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then like, you can't say I'm the unicorn now. Like I don't have the pituitary MRI because I did have a period. <laughs> so like, it's not just me. It's, I think, yeah, the second ones are. Yeah. I think worth comes in a lot for you too. Work, right. Mm -hmm. Like I think in here, in looking back and the conversations, it was like, you know, you're not the unicorn. There's not something else going on and we know it, right. You have the history that matches up with everyone else's like yes. pretty plain and simple mm -hmm. right so why are we having such a difficult time having permission or whatever it is that we need to not do this training to not have you know to not continue to have these parameters like these like a bowling alley bumpers to stop make sure you don't go too far into like the gutter and totally miss your mark and mm -hmm. i think that I, I felt a lot of like self-worth challenges from you of just like, that's great yes. for everyone else, but I don't think I'm going to be able to get through life that way. hundred percent. I definitely self-worth is something I'm still working on as well as body image. The body image piece goes ties with my self-worth because I was yeah. worthy. It. We're the when, same. Yeah. hundred percent. They go completely hand in hand. Like the praise I would get from people just be like, or you'd walk into a store and she'd be like, I remember one lady, she's like, Oh, that's not going to fit you. You're just really, really, really thin. And I was like, yeah. So obviously I'm more worthy of everything. <laughs> I'm too worthy to be in your store. Cause I ain't going to fit anything, but shit like that. Yeah. So then when I did gain my weight and then again, back to my dad saying, well, I hope you didn't gain too much weight. 
And then coworkers mm. pointed it out, not in any negative way for my coworkers, but it's just being recognized that, you know, I'm not the one that they go to anymore for like diet or training advice because I'm just average. Interesting. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm not that, that person. People think that I have such, I persevere and I just have so much drive and determination because look how lean I was able to get and look how yeah. structured and controlled I was. Cause you know, I have such self-control. Meanwhile, I'm spinning on the bike so I can eat a bloody bagel. They don't realize those types of things. Right. But or like, or they just still believe that, you know, and what comes to mind is, uh, we want to be seen as hard work, hardworking, determined, diligent, persistent, all those words mm-hmm. that for like, that some of us are grown up really attract, attaching a lot of worth to. And the thing with a thin, lean, jacked body or whatever, and if you have abs on top of that, or if you have biceps on top of that, whatever, that's like wearing those words like a sash across you that says like I am miss resilient persistent hardworking yada 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 and you don't even have to say anything people look at you and they see that but when you are not you don't look that part right look the part I want to look the part but it doesn't mean you're not those things you are those things but it is hard that you know you don't get to walk around with it right across your face yeah oh 100 percent like it's like the scarlet letter, but in a good way, not the. the yeah, like I want y'all yes. to see my badges of exactly, honor, right? And, and it's like, what a silly thing. So true. And then, but even now, that's still something I struggle with because I do. Well, as like I train still, I train a lot harder now as I'm because I'm recovered and I actually have the hormones to support it. Uh, mm. uh, I still I don't look like a person that trains, so that's still a struggle for me. Like, like I still have a disconnect there which is something I still work on I don't do as much body checking anymore which is something every time I went to the bathroom I mean that's I mean isn't that liberating too to like not um to not do as much right I think I still there but definitely not to the same uh degree yeah 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 yeah. that's huge that's huge Mm -hmm. okay cool so what were the main things that that were most important for you looking back in hindsight to go from no period to having a period releasing control mm-hmm. that was like i think that's probably my biggest the week i i mean every ha understands control because i mean you have to have a lot of control to get into ha uh and then just realizing that the more you control the more out of control things happen so again like with the aura ring and all these other extra things, like just releasing control. I want to say it's, and it's so bloody hard because control feels safe, feels comfortable. And just, it's just so comforting knowing everything, but releasing it and not having all, not having everything figured out was, and just living Mm. was the best. And it's taken Danny so long and hard like even thinking of it now like going back I never want to go back ever and it's gonna make me kind of tear up again going through HA was the hardest thing I've ever done oh it's so like ridiculous but despite the negative body images I have I don't ever want to be that person again I was mean Mm. hungry (laughs) I didn't care about I was selfish 
and I don't want to be that person. And I was controlling. Yeah. Like, so. It was wild because of the, the person and the personality you have is so like big and bright and funny and fun. And like, and you know this about yourself. Um, so to know that like we are doing things to dampen our actual personality. So is true. Like, and I resonate with that too. I feel like it's nice to have a personality. I want to shout out this one woman. She's on Instagram. Uh, she, her words that she posts sometimes are amazing. I think her name is wake up and smell the rosé. I think that's her name. She's Canadian, which is even cooler. Uh, yeah, it is wake up and smell the rosé. She's an eating disorder therapist. She is everything she damn near posts, Danny, I can resonate with. And I think a lot of the HA community can resonate with. And it's just, she is, oh, has, she's a word wizard. Like, okay, can, like, wake up and smell the rosé. Her name, yeah, she's amazing. Like, I mean, I think a lot of women will definitely her name's Natalie okay. Rose. Yeah. So look her up. I mean, I think she, every day she posts something and I'm like, wow, like that's how I thought. That's so I mean, I needed to yes, hear today all I the like time. That. And she posts like, she's incredible. I really enjoy her, her, uh, her posts, but mm. she's, her words resonate damn near daily. Like the old me but she also was one I listened to her on a podcast and she's one that said like when she was in her or disordered eating uh behaviors she wasn't her and super thin she wasn't her real authentic self and looking back that was not me definitely had wanted it to be me because yeah. I wanted to be that look at me I'm the healthiest person ever <laughs> I'm doing life perfectly yeah like that's no one's authentic self like there's no, no. one you know, and so it's always suspicious when you see it, right? Yes. Online. You're like, mm. but that authentic okay. person cannot go have ice cream with their husband on a random Tuesday afternoon, right? That authentic person looks boring AF, like saws. If that's actually you, like, have fun, but yes. I'm good. And controls. I um, counted macros on my wedding day. Like, that's how shitty shit got. <laughs> yeah. That's shitty shit so, got. Okay. <laughs> Why do I feel like that should be the title of this episode? It's just like quotes. <laughs> that's how shitty shit got. Yeah. I love it. I kind of like it. I kind of like too. it. Yeah. <sighs> um, oh. Okay. I have one more question for you to like put this in a bow. But before I do, was there anything else that you feel like, I mean, reference your notes is important for this, for I the people to know? So. I think I, uh, I think I covered it all. There's been some low lows in there. Like what was my turning point? I guess I could say this. This is kind of my biggest, like looking back, I was like, this is a really low point in my life. When I realized that I had a problem, uh, we got back from Hawaii. World hadn't quite shut down yet. Uh, so to get 2020, like a week before the world was like, we're done. Um, I went to our gro local grocery store and sourdough bread, bread the whole time was like, I couldn't. I remember being in Hawaii and I was like, I want to eat all the bread. I can't stop thinking about bread. So I went into our Sobeys. Yeah, I couldn't like cut bread. I just went into our Sobeys and they had warm sourdough loaves. So I was like, okay, I'm going to buy two. I'm going to buy one and make like a bread soup for my husband. And then the other one will just be for his sandwiches. 
Well, I got into that car and ate two loaves of sourdough bread. I had this actually- is what I'm saying would happen to me every week. Yeah. Was yeah. Awful. Isn't that crazy? I couldn't stop. Mm. I actually had to take them out of the bag, step on them in my car so I wouldn't eat them. Yeah, exactly. I was like that ravenous person just shoveling food into my face. And I'm pretty sure like people in their cars were like, is that girl okay? <laughs> Again, how <laughs> shitty shit got. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, like, like it's funny to look back on now because just purely, and we're really not even laughing like ha ha. We're just like <laughs> that crazy. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, isn't it interesting how like, I think about um, abuse victims right? Like, like weird, more on the rare side of life, I think. No, maybe not. I don't know. Abuse victims, like children who are being intentionally not given food and who aren't allowed to do this and aren't allowed to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's very traumatic for them. And they, they have lifelong issues around food and stuff. I dive into these things. There's a great podcast called Nobody Should Believe Me about like Munchausen by proxy and things like that. Um, so anyway, I learned about that, but I hear about it and I'm like, these are, a lot of these are behaviors that we do to ourselves, right? So like mm-hmm. you have handcuffs on yourself saying you're not allowed to eat, Res- like restricting food from yourself and then, and then you know, getting your hands on food and having a desperation response and a starvation response, and then managing somehow to put yourself back in handcuffs. Yeah. Like it's crazy how you are, there are two, two different agendas are happening and you are fighting with yourself. So true. It's crazy. It's that struggle called starvation. I went into therapy because I've, after a while in HA recovery, when I'm trying to recover, wasn't working. I would decided to do therapy and during COVID it was all virtual. So I found a woman that specialized in, well, like to do eating disorder stuff. And she was the one that also helped me like validate that experience in the Sobeys parking lot. She said that literally your body was starving. That was your response to like continue to live. You were literally starving. So when she put it that way, I was able to make peace and be like, okay, yeah, you're probably yes. right. I was starving in rough times. Yes. Like Danny, I would like thaw my wedding cake and eat it, like defrost it in the microwave. Cause it'd be frozen. Cause I couldn't have it. Like, you know how people say, I pretty sure I still have wedding cake in the freezer, but at that time I was uh-huh. defrosting it in the microwave so I could eat it. I fuck Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Get that I mean, it's <laughs> is wild yeah I'm like it's yeah it's wild but we've all done it i think mm-hmm. it's okay you know yeah. you're just not alone and that's the value of sharing this yes i'm pretty sure I'm someone sure else has done stuff like that <clears throat> i'm pretty sure someone else can resonate at least with a little bit of <laughs> side tangent yeah. embarrassing story but that was when i knew that was my that was my low point that was my you know what I'm, it's actually coming back to me that i had the same thing with my wedding cake and then I was desperate or whatever for food and it was frozen and I tried to bite into it. Mm, and then I defrost. felt the shame. Yeah, I didn't defrost it. I just built into it because I was like, I want to binge. Like like certain circumstances would happen. And um, I think I bit into it and then I felt like shame and upsetness and then I threw it away. Mm. I threw it back in the freezer. I remember throwing whole jars of peanut butter away. Yeah. yeah. Stupid. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, I would, the whole it's I mean it's crazy. I would buy food. It's crazy. 
Yeah. But buy food that I wanted to eat, but I'd buy it so much for my husband so I could watch him eat it. I just wouldn't let my husband have anything. I would watch him eat it. And then I'd literally be salivating like a dog waiting for him to be like, do you want to bite? Like not for you to be like, no, (laughs) no, I would take the bite because I'd just be waiting there. Like I'm sitting pretty. Give me a bite. Not even kidding. I remember telling that to uh, one of my girlfriends. I was like, oh, he's having this burger. And I was sitting there waiting like for him to give me a bite. And I remember the look she gave me. And I was like, why is she giving me a weird look? Like looking back now, of course, she's like, why did you not have your own bloody burger? Like so strange. Right. It's, it's strange, but I mean, what do you do? Okay. All right. So now I feel like then that you, you probably answered this in some way, but my, my final question for you is, okay, looking back, you would like, Sure. Is it, it's great to look back and be like, oh, we'll just, I'll just stop control. And I would, you know, I would have recovered so much faster and this would, you know, yada, yada, easier said than done. You were a different person back then. And that just wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. So when you hear someone, someone listening today, who's in a similar situation and they're still, they're still doing their steps they're still doing their Garmin watch, you know, whatever, they're very hesitant or afraid, or even just still believing, um, I can do this whole recovery thing and not let go of my control. Any words for them just to take at that stage that they're at? Um, it takes time, patience. You you will get to a point where you're ready for it. I think everything are everything happens as it should happen, if that makes any sense. So I feel at mm-hmm. the time when you are ready, you will let go of those things. And again, I will think say one thing is that this is going to kind of plug you guys, but a lot of my changes happened after I joined the HA Society. Having a community of women that can understand and validate your experiences and know that you are not alone and trying to navigate the HA recovery on your own is challenging, but having someone that can, you can bounce ideas off of and just talk to, because you're my close girlfriend. She never had HA and didn't understand it. My sister never had HA. So I was going in alone and I knew about the science society about a year before I joined. Cause I wasn't ready to join. And then I joined. And then it was like a month later, I damn near got my period, maybe a month or two later, I got my period. So I think it was okay. definitely a community. It definitely correlated pretty quickly, but it was definitely the community that really helped. They helped. And just the bluntness, which I wasn't ready for at the beginning. That's probably why I didn't join because I don't think I wanted to hear some of the stuff that was said <laughs> because I know that right. Ashley's good at calling people out. And if you're not ready to hear it, you're not going to be receptive to it. So, and I guess it took a lot of inner work too and introspection and realizing how I want to live my life. How authentically do I want to live? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then realizing that it does get pretty shitty. (laughs) It gets shittier before it gets better. Yeah, exactly. It does get really fucking shitty. It does get shitty before it gets better. Yes, but you have to let that happen. If you're trying to have a a damn good time the whole way through, it's not happening. No, then you're not doing doing anything. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, love that. So good. Okay. Well, wait, last, last question. What do you rate out of 10 the retreat? And would you oh. tell everyone to go? Do I have to say 10? Because I want to go to the next one, but I don't think my husband will let me. <laughs> I would say it was like a 15. No, Fair enough. I, I can't even like value. I can't even num- numerize it. It was just incredible experience. Sometimes I'm like, did it even happen? Like, 
<laughs> I feel like you're oh, just that's like, great. And it was over. And I'm so glad to have met you guys in real life. And you're just like the same on. Yeah. It's just incredible. Both of you and Ashley are just the genuine people, genuine people that should move to Canada. I feel like people expect Ashley. I think people expect Ashley to be who she is either. That's like, wow. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. She, you guys are a good time. I had so much fun and Mishi and like she, Great. the, the poise that woman has and the, the flawless flawless skin <laughs> look don't come if you want to feel good about your skin but she's the best she's the best she yeah is. she walks around like a little like she just dismounted the balance beam or something exactly. i know but when she said she was great. a gymnast i'm like okay that tracks i can see it i can tell <laughs> yes. yeah she's great oh, may she may she listens to the shows and chooses the voice grabs for the instagram posts Michi, oh, okay. don't just choose that one. <laughs> don't just choose no. that one. <laughs> uh, I would. I want yes. To- well, I love Definitely. it. I mean, I hope one day that you can still come. I feel like that was so fun. I immediately was like, we need to just plan another one that, you know, just for fun. That's just like, uh, you know, not the same amount of money, you know, just like everyone just comes. <laughs> yeah like a regular girls trip I was like "Ah, I love them all so much or have the alumni trips like ones that are the alumni trips where it's just like yeah you could come and it's like yes dude preach yeah I don't know come to Canada like we're we're gonna yeah our dollar our dollars we We could do so much we could go to Australia (laughs) too because the dollar's trash there as well Oh, darling, exactly. Because we're Australia and Canada are all the Commonwealth. So we're all like, we're pretty close. Is that why? I believe so. <laughs> I don't know. I made that part up. Do not put that in there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We, I know that we both, <laughs> we praise the king or whatever. So, yeah. The, yeah. I mean, our dollars yeah. are actually usually the same. So like CAD yes. is, um, is 73 cents to the dollar, which it's been for a long ass time. Yes. Um, And then- Oz, oh, we'd we be going backwards. We're 63 cents to the dollar. We When I moved here, it was like 75, 78. Ooh. So it was not fun. It was not fun yeah. to transfer all my savings <gasps> to no. US dollars. But like at the same time, y'all, you can buy, you could buy the same amount of stuff for the same amount of money kind of thing. So yes, it didn't a food really matter. No, I've noticed that like a set five dollar sandwich in the states is also a five dollar sandwich in Canada. It's just our dollars poopy. So that five dollar sandwich in the states is like six. Oh, you find that? Oh, yeah. I find that um, like if a, a coffee here is six U.S. dollars and six U.S. dollars is ten Australian dollars in Australia, it will just be 10 Australian dollars. Oh, so okay. the value is the okay, same. See. That's what I find. Oh, see that it is definitely $5 here is $5 in the state. So it does kind of. Right. Stupid. But we'll see. I haven't been back since 2020. Um, and I go back on Thursday. And so we'll oh, see. So First you. of all, I should be living like a king with my us bank account but yes you should be living like we'll see i'm curious to see how much things cost after everything that went down yes okay well we're excited to have you again at the next one one day when we plan it um i mean low-key one of the other girls is pregnant so 
it's gonna be a minute and then I'm sure we got Allison on her little uh, journey yes I've been love following that one been love following so it's it. gonna be it's gonna be hard to get everyone together but we'll try to get the band together we'll try to get the band together and oh, I definitely want to thank see you Megan so again. much yes oh yeah well she's close by I feel like you guys could just do a little bebop yeah she's just in aren't you on the west coast as well no she's only never you or you're in the middle I'm kind of in the middle. Yeah. I have to figure out like never eat. She's, she's on the West coast. Yes. She's on the West. You can just bebop over there. I bet there's a direct flight. To LA. There probably is a direct. Uh, I'd probably have to fly in from like Edmonton to Calgary, then to LA, but I can figure okay, it out. Fine. That's all going to be <laughs> worth it. It's only great. Yes. Um, I love that for you guys. Friends forever. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for coming yes. on the show, sharing your story so appreciate it i think it's really going to resonate with people if you guys have questions want to get in touch with christina um because she just feels like she's your bro a she's in the ha society so you could just like dm dm her in there or um you can shoot a message to me and i will give you her um you know her instagram or something unless you want to share it christina but that's usually what i do these days i prefer that i don't need need everyone to yeah yeah so you can dm me and i'll be like okay here is christina and i'll connect you guys that always is great yes thank you definitely though danny like you can take this off the podcast but wake up and smell the rosé if you can get her and interview her i think it would be you'd love that yes i really think if you when you read her stuff you'll like mind blow okay i'll try to i'll try to get her on (laughs) (laughs) you dm her and be like you need to be on the show Yes. And then when I DM her, she'll be like, ah, oh, it's a sign. Okay. Ooh, good. That's genius. A little dropping a little breadcrumbs, eh? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Well, you have a great day. Thank you again. You really appreciate it. And everyone have an amazing rest of your week. Bye. Hey there, it's me, Danny, And I want to tell you about temp drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method, both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device. So you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are. And that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, Again, we do recommend manual temping, but once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, My wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. 
So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus, if you've been using OPKs, and then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place, and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period. And if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy, or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle is not slipping back in the HA direction, TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the TempDrop, and we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHA Society. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use um, AFHA Society at the checkout, that will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is, of course, dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there, but I may even recommend it for just everyone in general. Get your husbands on it. Get your partners on it. If you have a history of HA and add on top of that, maybe a history of the pill, maybe you've been pregnant before, you know, through treatments or other, like you've just, your body's been through anything, you know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, Eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural this is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef. And my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient-rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society.
Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.